0: we did it in our Q&A too but check out the check out the, the live room recording we had a few sessions where we we talked about the Parabolic SAR we even had a trading example on it um, but um does anyone here use the Parabolic SAR a lot for instance I was thinking of trying to make a strategy with rules uh, stating that I need an initial stop but as soon as I get a Parabolic SAR tick above my stop I continue to trail each unit until stopped out yeah that's exactly what we talked about Um, the lesson on trade management that's one of the I talk about two ways of trade management active trade management one is price action based one is indicator based Um, whenever I do one that's indicator based I always use the Parabolic SAR Um, you can kind of see kind of the notes that are still on our chart as we were were looking at it um, last week so yeah so make sure you check out last week's uh, live room recordings um, on it Um, I certainly I, I certainly do think it could be profitable um, I think, I guess the, 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 short form lesson on it is that the parabolic SAR and, and like, first and foremost, you, you, you're only using it to trail, right? You're not kind of just like holding it until it stopped out. It's only, only the trail stops. Or is it kind of like, I'm going to let this thing ride until the parabolic SAR is stopped out. I'm letting it ride. Okay. So. I would say this: the pros of the parabolic SAR. Well, I guess if you are let here's the, here's the problem with it. In general, right? In general, whenever you, whenever you decide to, whenever you decide to, forego a set profit target for kind of just a a let it ride um, option, I mean, I'm just going to hold it until I'm stopped out, is you have to understand that you're only going to be stopped out when price makes a massive move against you. And what that means is there's going to be scenarios where you leave a lot of money on the table. And you have to be comfortable with that. So that means you may have to be in a scenario where you're up 200 pips, and your trail stop is 100 pips below that, and market's going to move 100 pips against you to stop you out. So that's the negative, and you have to to be accepting of that. Now the positive is, when you get a runner, oh baby, that thing's going to run. So it's kind of weighing those pros and cons. Now understand that those big runners aren't going to come too often but when they come they could be massive. I, I used to trade a strategy that was very similar and at least like twice a year I'd have like a 400 or 600 pip win. And that would make or break my trading year. Right? So once or twice a year I would be trading it. It was it was a it was a mechanical system, it was moving averages and indicator base. and um I I trailed using um I showed using the par- I, believe, I believe it was a parabolic. No, it was something called Fib dots. It was an indicator we had, but very similar, like a trailing stop. And basically, it was a trend following system. And the idea was like, hey, survive, 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 survive. Get your 500 pip winner. Survive, 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 survive. Get your 500 pip winner, and then go back to surviving. So the whole trading year was based off of uh, you know, basically the winners and losers kind of. The normal winners and losers kind of offset each other, but then the big ones is what put you ahead, right? So think it's kind of like this, right? Your equity curve is like this, blah 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 Boom, right? Sideways consolidation, sideways consolidation, boom, big winner, and then like you go back into like a channel or a flag pattern, survive, 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 survive. and then boom, big winner. And if you get that three or four times a year, you've got a two thousand pip year, right? Per pair, right? maybe like a like 1,500 pip year per pair if you get that big winner. And the market moved a little bit differently back then than it does now. Um, but you do that across a hand, you, you do that across you know a, a good portfolio of pairs, you, you, you can have a pretty solid trading year. Um, the hard part was surviving this chop, right? Because this chop just wasn't like losers. It wasn't just like enter, loss, enter, loss. Sometimes this chop was enter, be up 200 pips give back 200 pips, break even trade. Enter, be up 200 pips, give back 200 pips, break even trade. That hurts, man. Like <laughs> like it's it's easy, it's easy when you're testing it. Me personally, it I had trouble doing it. Um, because it wears on you, you, you know, especially, and this is, I'm a younger, I was a younger, more emotional trader back then. So you can imagine, like, how do you, how do you think I feel when I'm up 200 pips? This is back when I played like victory music for every win. How do you think I feel? Man, I was, I was, who was it? Was it Tom Cruise? What movie was it when he's sliding across the floor in just his undies and socks? Is that Tom Cruise? Yeah, I felt like that. (laughs) Up 200 pips. Woo. (laughs) Right and then (laughs) risky business um but then i'd be taken from that emotional high all the way back to either break even or even losing money and that 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 hurts massively so what that led to because this is the important part what that led to was fear right it's it's it was hard for me to consistently be up and have this emotional high and give it all back, and for me it always felt like man I just I'm leaving pips on the table I'm leaving pips on the table I'm leaving pips on the table, and as that builds you start to get a little bit scared. So, in order to get a four hundred pip winner, at some point you have to be up two hundred pips, right? So when it's time for that big winner, right? We're we're kind of treading water, treading water until this big winner comes. When it, when it's time for that big winner. And I'm up 200 pips. What do you think starts to happen? I start to look at my look at my 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 chart. I see that I'm up 200 pips and I'm like, ah, I've seen I've, I've seen this story before, right? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, you don't get fooled again." And I start seeing 200 pips, and I'm like, yeah, take a little bit out. So I take out 200 pips, right? Back in the undies, slide across the floor. Woo! Right? Doing the money dance, right? Because I told you, I I had theme music for wins and losses, doing the money dance. And then I'd come back, and that would be the trade that extends up, expands up for 500 pips. That was my big winner. And I sabotaged my big winner. And then of course, at the time you're like, yeah, whatever, man, still made the money. But what you don't understand is that that big winner has to make up for your next losses, right? The big winner is is the, the big expansion that, that sets you, that breaks you out of that consolidation. So instead of breaking out of that consolidation, I was just going kind of back to the top of the consolidation. And then my losers would continue to eat away at it and I'd be kind of in the same place. Um, so again, that, that's, that's a me issue. That was me as a trader who wasn't confident enough to do it. Um, if you're confident enough to do it, it it's, it's no different from any trend trade. Look at Richard Dennis and the turtle traders. You know, they dealt with 17 straight losses at a time at some point. Right. So it's all about execution. But for me, um, that was something that I dealt with and it just wasn't, I wasn't comfortable trading that way. Um, so it didn't work for me because I, I wasn't comfortable doing it. Um, and, and there are different ways to combat it, right? You can—I mentioned you said uh, that might not be for me. I need a lot of structure and rules, uh, or, or my sports, emotional, sports game inside comes out. I mean, there are ways. There are ways to attack it. You—you like you can break up your positions, right? You can have a uh, conservative target one, uh, an aggressive target two, and then you keep a third part of your position as just the trailer. That's the home run right? Now that comes with its own pros and cons because obviously that home run only hits a certain amount of time. And you can look back at your equity curve and you can be like, man, well, if I, if I just would have taken, instead of trailing that target three home run, if I just consistently took it off at target two, I'd make more money. So you got to find that balance. But if you have that need, and, and, and some of us have the desire to fill this need, if you have that need where it's like, you're going to feel empty, not catching a move, right? Leave a little bit on, right? And it, it doesn't even have to be a third of your position. You can you can do like a like a a fifth of your position, right? Take eighty percent of your position off, and then leave twenty percent on just in case that big one hits. And even if you know, I, I think you know, obviously, I, I think you want to do what's most profitable. But even even if even if leaving that trail on, and it's not more profitable than taking like a set target too. Maybe that's what allows you to be comfortable. Just knowing that you put yourself in a position to take advantage of it. Does that sound weird to anybody? That's a weird concept, isn't it? Do something that you know makes less money. But we want to do two things in trading. We want to manage our our, our P&L. But we also, more importantly, we need to manage ourselves. And It always reminds me of this great story I heard from this uh, successful trader very successful trader yet he had a he he his biggest fear he was not comfortable with losing all of his money and again profit's over it's profit's over ego yes but sometimes but profits aren't everything profits aren't everything cuz look here 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 here's here's a story of this trader i told it to him before good trader his biggest fear what bothered him the most was losing all of his not all of his money but all of the money that he risked on on any given trade so like being stopped out right away and losing his 2% right so something that he did right and, and because of this fear he 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 would make trading mistakes right he would take him take himself out early or he, he would move stops back right all these other trading mistakes so something he did was and I don't remember the percentage of it but as soon as price went a few pips in his favor, I don't know if it was like a, like 10% in his favor or like 5 pips, he would remove a very small portion of his position. Now, why do you think he would do that? Because, remember, the thing that hurt him the most, that he feared the most, was losing all. If he took a little bit out after being up, what, 1 pip, 2 pips, 3 pips? Then there's no technically, there's no way he can lose his full position on that trade, right? Now we all know one pip, two pips does nothing for you, but mentally it made him more comfortable. Mentally, knowing that he couldn't lose his full position, it was that was the thing that gave him the confidence to stick with his trades and see him out. So if you're someone that that wants that, if if you're someone that's gonna beat yourself up over missing that big winner, right? Zach is in a trade. And he's like, yeah, I did this backtesting. You know, I took targets off at this level, but then the market rallied 300 pips without me and that just bothers me. And he knows that he's on the brink of like, next time I'm not gonna take targets off and I'm gonna let it all ride because I'm chasing that winner. If he knows that's him, right? Even if it may be less profitable, I'm gonna get hammered if this becomes a podcast episode, I know it. Even if that, Even if that ends up being less profitable, him leaving a little bit on just to put himself in position to possibly catch that big winner, maybe that's what allows him to be comfortable and that's what allows him to follow his rules consistently for the rest of his trades. Because I'll tell you what, if, if, if he had to make the choice between leaving a little bit of profit on the table in hopes of a big win versus the bigger maybe setback of not taking any profits off at his target taking... At his normal target taking position because he's going to shoot for that gamble, right? I I think it's better to be a little bit less profitable overall because, or at least a little bit less profitable with that secondary target, that first target, in kind of I guess the trade off is being more profitable over time because you have a better chance of following your rules consistently. Right? And that's 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 how I look at it situation a may make you more profitable by the book but if you know you're gonna have a psychological breakdown then you know the book is thrown into the water because you're not following those rules regardless so i think it's it's better to put yourself in a position where you can follow your rules um versus do quote-unquote the more profitable way that doesn't actually end up being more profitable because you eventually break your rules and sabotage yourself anyway so i i think that's that's the way you can do it Zach Um, if you want to catch those big winners, but you know, stuff like, I mean, there's pros and cons just in trailing in general. Um, the guess they are, in my opinion, is going to be a tighter stop, um, than trailing structure. And what that means is sometimes the market will continue to move in your direction and, and, and you'll be out of the trade, um, where a structure stop would have kept you in, but it also means that you may not have to give as much profit back. Um, as if you were chilling at structure. So it's it's kind of like how much breathing room that you, um, how much breathing room do you want to give? Regardless, I do think, and this is my belief, I do think that there should always be a set profit target. I'm a big believer in just like I'm, I'm not trying to catch the whole move. I'm trying to catch the, I'm trying to get in and out before I run into danger. So I believe in doing analysis and saying this is where I predict price should go, and wherever you predict that price should go you get your money off the board then or at least the majority of it um instead of just kind of seeing hey how how far can we go up before we retrace um because that's just going to have a lot of a lot of